You know, I get asked a lot, uh, who have you interviewed that was cool? Who did you love the most? Well, I remember that time you interviewed me. That was... That's not at the top of my list. Remember your dog sang with me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was funny. James Brown, this man. Man, that was... A highlight of my career. James Brown, uh, Tim Conway is another one. Really enjoy. I mean, a childhood hero for me. Well, I'm right? Romeo Dallaire for me. That's my. That was your number that one. That was my big one. Yeah. Pat Williams. He is a co-founder and vice president of the Orlando Magic. He's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, he's a father of 473 children. He has. He is. Uh, for all intents and purposes, beaten cancer. I believe we'll check in nice. with him on that a little bit as well. Author of over 100 books. What? When does he have time to do all that? That's exactly. I bet he gets asked that all. Let's ask him that right now. Let's go right now. Pat Williams. Everyone wants to know: A, how do you have so much time to to get all this stuff done? And B, how do you have so much energy? What is wrong with you? (laughs) Well, Drew, it's nice to chat with you, and uh, that's a good question. I think, I think it comes down to priorities. You know, and when I look at my life, uh, it comes down to helping run an NBA basketball team. Uh, writing books, uh, public speaking, uh, looking after my family, and uh, that's about where it is. I don't play golf. Uh, I'm not a fisherman. Hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't collect stamps. Uh, I, 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 I read. My hobby really is reading. Uh, you know, in spare time, that's what I do. I'm a book book addict. Yeah. Uh, so that's my life. What, and, uh, t- tell me, tell me about three books that are on your bedside table right now. Well, I'm reading one uh, right now that is called Lincoln's Lieutenants, Stephen W. Sears, uh, the High Command of the Army of the Potomac. I'm a Civil War buff, uh, so this one uh, has taken high priorities. Uh, I just finished uh, Big Poppy. Uh, Big Poppy, uh, he wrote wrote his memoirs. I read it. And I've also read, uh, just finished, uh, Lou Piniella's book, Uh, you know, his memoirs. Yeah. Uh, So so I had a good time with that. And uh, for your listeners, uh, Tim Raines, Rock Raines, has written his story, and I just finished that one. I read a lot of baseball, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, So those books I've knocked off, and now other ones will be moving up to take their place. But uh, those are some of the ones my early summer reading has uh, consisted of those books. All right. Here's here's the, the question I want to really get into right off the top here. You're Mr. NBA. I mean, you, you have been involved with the NBA for a very long time. Um, of course, being in the um, Basketball Hall of Fame is, is a huge deal. You've been involved with Chicago, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Orlando, um the uh, the world champion 76ers i mean one of the most 50 sorry one of the 50 most influential people in, in nba and and here's my question how do you put up with these guys because so many of the guys i know that that uh, are trying to get into the league or they're part of the league or they're just part of the basketball culture there seems to be so much so much narcissism so much attitude so much yapping uh, and I don't know how you know you are a you are a self-disciplined man, and of course to be in the majors you got to be you got to have some self-discipline. But there seems to be so much arrogance in this in this league in this world of of pro ball players. How do you deal with this, Pat? Well, I think a lot of it is related to age. Uh, you know, we're taking these 
these players uh, in the draft, for example, next week, uh, most of them are 19 years old. Yeah. Uh, just having finished their freshman year of college, they're 19. And, and we get them at that point. So to the basketball end, you know, our coaches and our staff on every team uh, has a big job of just dealing with these players and their off-court issues and, and how to live life, you know, productively, basketball aside. Mm-hmm. So, so we're almost in the parenting business uh, with, with these youngsters, and every team really takes it seriously and, and works hard at it. Uh, it's called maturity, and we're getting uh, to think back when you were 19, Drew. Oh, boy, <laughs> I, I, I think back to that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd rather not. I, 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 I shudder. I shudder. Well, these youngsters are 19 Yeah, in the limelight, out in front of the world, and uh, making big, big bucks. And they need a lot of counseling, a lot of direction, a lot of assistance. Yeah. And why? And by the way, wise are those players, those youngsters, who take advantage of, of, of the team's support around them. Uh, we all have life coaches. We all have uh, people work for us who are there to help these youngsters deal with life and why are the young players who take advantage of that yeah yeah well uh on the on the line here with pat williams and of course uh, he's got a new book out now which is his 473rd book <laughs> the success intersection what happens when your talent meets your passion obviously the first question to to fall in line here pat would be how do you identify your talent? I mean, some people think they're... T- I remember when I used to be a pastor at a church in Australia, I went up to someone and I said, she was on the on the singing team or the worship team or whatever, and I went up and said, you know, God has blessed you. Uh, not not with singing, but but God has blessed you. You, you are talented, but you, you're talented somewhere else. You need to stop singing. Was, oh that, my. was that heartless of me to say that? Uh, well, what could she not sing? She was horrible. Okay, well, that's probably a good. That was probably wise of you. What's become of her? Uh, I, that would be interesting. Yeah, she uh, she's in rehab now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, well, you know, I mean, identifying your your talents. I mean, you know, mommy told her her whole life that she could sing. Well, she couldn't sing. There you go. Good good counsel, Drew. Well, let me let me just chat for a minute about this. Uh, somebody asked me, uh, "What do you think that uh, is your?" secret of success. Uh, what's the best secret you know about success? And, and here's what I say. When your greatest talent intersects uh, with your strongest passion, uh, that is the sweet spot in your life. Hmm. And that's where you want to live. That's where you want to work. Uh, that's where you want to get paid every two weeks. Uh, right there in that sweet spot. And, and you don't want to get away from it. You don't want to drift or wander or, uh, you know, start uh, moving away from that sweet spot mm-hmm. uh, because you're not going to have the success that you want. So that, that really is the essence of this book. And uh, I, I encourage people, particularly at a very young age, Drew, the younger the better, uh, figure out, and parents are a great help here, grandparents, coaches and teachers, uh, what is this youngster good at? Uh, what what is his talent or her talent, and, and then uh, you direct them or you steer them uh, into that area 
so that their skill, their talent can develop. And uh, the one thing you don't want, Drew, is to have a young person get out there in their teen years with no great passion, uh, nothing that excites them, nothing that gets them pumped up, nothing. That that's a kid that could very well be headed for trouble. Yeah, and 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 it starts at a at a young age, uh, talent intersecting with passion, and and parents and co and grandparents have got to be on top of that, and uh, really observing and working and and then a lot of driving through. Yeah. Oh my! Back and forth, uh, little league baseball, yeah, and to gymnastics, and to cheerleading, and to swimming practice. Yeah, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, a big, huge commitment from parents. Yeah, and if they're not willing to commit and do that, uh, the youngster is is not going to develop that talent. No, it's and that's simple. And as you that's said, simple, really. As you said earlier, you can either drive your kids back and forth to swimming, gymnastics, or football practice, or whatever. Or a little bit later, you can make uh, uh, the long drive to the parole officer's office. Yeah, boy, that's that's well put, well put. And and therefore, you get a kid out there, fifteen, sixteen, that's still excited about playing baseball or computers or art or pottery i don't care what it is you know you want you want a child to really be turned on by something but it but it, i i'm convinced that it starts at a very young age three four years old uh we had a four-year-old grandson uh, this year over in sarasota who uh played t-ball oh my was he thrilled had the time of his life and at his graduation uh, he was asked for graduation from, I don't know, grade school or whatever. He said, uh, I want to be a baseball player and hit the ball. And when asked what his, uh, what his future goals were, he was four. So, uh, you know, that's, I think that's a pretty good example of uh, getting a kid involved at a young age. And to see, see little Teddy Williams uh, playing baseball this spring was just a delight. He, he had the time of his life. All right, I, Pat. I've got to get into this uh, part of the conversation because you've been around long enough to know that we are living in a in a time where Oprah has taught all of us that we can do whatever we want, be whatever we want, and if we just, you know, can can um, just start doing what we really want to do, and life will be peachy afterwards. And if everybody followed that recipe, there'd be nobody working in factories, there'd be no garbage men, there'd be no plumbers or electricians. And uh, and a, a guy who's been on our show numerous times, uh, John Ratzenberger, who of course played Cliff Clavin on Cheers, is is very passionate about getting our young people back into dexterity skills, hands-on, laborious work. And, and what's happening now is we have everybody who thinks they're going to be YouTube stars or they're going to have their own reality TV show if they just can get that one last hit of collagen in their butt. You know, it's getting ridiculous, man. You don't get to just grow up and do whatever you want to do. What do you think about yeah, that? that? Yeah, that's, that's phrased so well. Uh, and, and let me just say this. A college, for example, is not for everybody. And, and, and we need carpenters. And we need plumbers, and and we need roofers, and and we need all of those those skills, and and uh, and and we need them after high school. Uh, we need those youngsters uh, to go get trained, 
and uh, and make a living uh, if they're not cut out for college doing uh, th- those kind of jobs. And, and by the way, uh, those jobs pay well. Uh, they're going to they're going to make more money probably than uh, a vast bulk of college graduates. Yeah. Yep. Uh, simply because those skills are necessary and needed. So uh, I, I, I just want to make it clear that uh, going on and getting into the trades is not something to be ashamed of. It's not something uh, to uh, duck, you know, or avoid. It's, it, it's, it's needed. It's necessary. I'm all for it. Okay, but... I love Oprah. Drew, I love Oprah. However, however, uh, we, we aren't all uh, going to do you know, these fantastic things because we, we don't have the talent or we don't have the, uh, we don't have the skill set. Um, but, uh, figure out what you're good at and, uh, what you're excited about. And, th- and that's where you want to stay. It doesn't have to be a fancy, you know, public job. You know, it doesn't have to be something where people are gasping, yeah. you know, over how, how famous you are, uh, but it's something that's satisfying to you. Okay, since this is our Father's Day special, I want you to please give the dads out there the advice on, on this. Finding the balance between being a dream stomper or a confidence killer, uh, in other words, uh, bringing your kid into some sort of a semblance of reality in life, because especially millennials can live in this fantasy world of narcissism, um, so finding the balance between bringing reality back to your kid's life but encouraging them and and exhorting them and and getting them to reach higher and grow more and be teachable and authentic and vulnerable. I mean, those are those are my three biggest things: teachability, vulnerability, and authenticity. To me, that's success. But this, you know, for the dads that are listening, right? The realists tend to be. I, I'm sorry, this is going to sound sexist, but every dad I know tends to be pretty good at, at telling their kids, "Now, hold on a second, there, buddy." Uh, you know, you got to think about this. You got to think about this. You got to think about this. And somebody else comes along and says, "Oh, your dad's just throwing buckets of cold water on you. You should fly. Just learn to fly." <laughs> Come on. How do dads find the balance between those two worlds? Well, let, Drew, let me just talk uh, for a minute about fathering. I, 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 I might first of all just share my qualifications. <laughs> yeah. I, yep. I am the I am the father of nineteen children. Uh, the oldest is now forty five. The Youngest is 31. Wow. Uh, we adopted 14 of the children uh, over a 10-year period uh, from four foreign countries. So I have, uh, as a father, I have seen it all. I have done it all. Uh, nothing has come along that uh, has escaped us. Uh, and he- here's what I could pass on. Number one, you've got to have the right balance between love and discipline. <laughs> Your children must know that you love them and you need to tell them that uh, they need to hear it from your lips but don't go too overboard on the love and abandon the discipline uh, they need to know uh, that you dad and your wife are running the house uh, that you're in charge you set the standards you set the rules and and along with that at 18 uh, these children are leaving the house uh, they're not hanging around at 18, graduate from high school, and they're gone, either to college, into the military, <laughs> or into the workforce. Uh, they can come home for vacations, but uh, they're not 
stay at home living off mom and dad uh, playing video games. Uh, that, that, is, that is vital, and they need to know that all from the time they're probably five or six years old, you know, that they are moving on at age 18. Yep. Uh, second thing I would pass along to you is this. Uh, read to your children uh, when they're young and keep reading to them and get them excited about books. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fanatic about reading, Drew. Uh, reading develops your mind. Uh, reading broadens your interests. Uh, reading, uh, if you have a book, you'll never be, a, you'll never be alone in a hotel room. Uh, you'll never be uh, lonely in a hotel room. So if you can get your children excited about reading, uh, that, that's awfully important. Uh, third, third item, courtesy of one of our children, Katie, who said to me one time, Dad, uh, why don't you just try to be a casual dad? <laughs> and, and I said, Katie, what does that mean? And she said, well, you're always so uptight. Uh, you're, you're always, you know, barking at us. And why don't you just be a casual dad? Uh, why, why don't you try having a little more fun? <laughs> said Katie. Well, I, I remember that. And uh, from that point on, uh, I, I do want to rem- be remembered as a fun dad and, and, do, and, and do fun things with my children. So uh, that, that was an eye-opener for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and number four, uh, take, your, take your children to church <laughs> and Sunday school uh, from the time they're very young. Uh, you, want them, you want them to grow up in the church. You want them to grow up with a strong faith. Uh, and even at, at 18, if they begin to wander from it, you know, eventually they'll come back. But uh, you, you do, need, do need to plant uh, those spiritual seeds in your young people, your children, you know, at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, your children love, love to have you, Dad, sitting with them in the pew at church. Uh, that means they don't want to just be dropped off. Uh, they want you there sitting with them. Uh, that means so much to them. Let me. So those are a few thoughts. No, that's great. That's great. Pat Williams on the line with us. Pat, I, I, look, I've got to ask you if you don't mind. Uh, how is your health these days? Well, I'm doing quite well, Drew. I was diagnosed uh, six and a half years ago uh, with multiple myeloma, uh, which is one of the blood cancers. But I've been through every treatment in the world, and uh, all the reports now are are positive. Uh, the doctors tell me that. Uh, they don't see any real signs of it. So I've been able to to get on top of it, and with a great medical team, I, I feel very encouraged. Uh, I'm able to keep my full life, which I'm grateful for. And uh, so I'm... Uh, I'm doing quite well with my cancer battle. Thanks. Good for you. Good. Uh, uh, that makes me quite happy, actually, because, you know, as exhausting as your bio is, you are a hero to many simply because of the father part of your life. You might be a hero to some because of the basketball thing, uh, because of writing a bunch of books, uh, certainly because of, uh, you know, this this battle with cancer. But this father thing is the thing that gets me anyway. And, um, you know, that's that's the testament as to as to who you really are as a man. Uh, folks, this book, The Success Intersection, What Happens When Your Talent Meets Your Passion, is written by the perfect guy. Uh, so this is this is the book you want to get. Uh, maybe even for Father's Day tomorrow, you can uh, get out to the local uh, bookstore and grab it today. PatWilliams.com is the website. Pat Williams. 
Pat, let me just finish this interview by admitting how ignorant I am about basketball because I just can't ha- I can't handle the the uh, I don't know the the sound of the squeaky shoes. No, just the whole the the I don't even know how to say this. They don't shut up. They just yap and yap oh, and yap. Okay. And when Trash you're talk. when you're a hockey player, I don't know maybe it's a Canadian thing, but you shut up and you let your your action on the ice do the do the talking for you. Um, so I want to know. Orlando Magic. Who's your top dog? Who's the big the big gun there? Do you even know this, Tim? Uh, no. Who, who's your power player? Well, we've got a, a bunch of young players. Uh, uh, Aaron Gordon, uh, right. Alfred Payton. Uh, the draft is coming up on Thursday night. Uh, we have the sixth pick in the draft. Okay. Uh, it, it's a pretty good draft. Uh, fairly deep. And we feel confident that... Uh, uh, that there's going to be a player there for us at uh, at six. Any big Canadian uh, we, names this year? Uh, none that I can tell oh. you. No. no. Then we then we come back uh, at twenty five, a late first round pick, and we pick twenty five. So we're we're hoping that the draft breaks well for us, yeah. and that we can come away with a couple of youngsters who will uh, be good players for us in the future. Best player ever, in your estimation? Mine was Larry Bird. Well, I would go. I'd, I'd go with Michael Jordan. Okay. And uh, I, I think when it comes right down to it, uh, what Michael brought to basketball—not uh, just his skill and his championships and all—but yeah. uh, his worldwide impact. I mean, Michael was known up in the mountains of Peru. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. Known, known down in the ghettos of India, and you know, you still see Michael Jordan jerseys all over the world uh, yeah. I mean he had an enormous impact for for pro basketball and basketball you know all over the world and and amazingly enough he's been retired I guess for 12 years or something he he still has that impact yeah that you know, image he, of uh, his sorry that image of him you know dunking the basketball you know is almost iconic as the golden arches yeah you know, you know he uh, he has not been forgotten that's for sure so I I, I would have to go with Michael well, uh, my second pick would be Curly from the Har- Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> yeah, um, the great, the great Curly Neal. Yeah. Curly, uh, Curly was our goodwill ambassador in Orlando uh, for a number of years, quite a number of years, and he would go out and entertain the groups and entertain youngsters out on the basketball court. Yeah. Oh, he was something. The yeah. great Curly Neal. Yeah. Nobody was quite like him. Nobody was quite like him. And to you as well, no one quite like Pat Williams. Sir, what a pleasure to chat with you. Happy Father's Day. Great to talk to you, Drew. Thanks for calling me. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Pat Williams, co-founder and VP of the Orlando Magic Basketball Hall of Fame inductee, father of 19, 14 of them adopted, cancer survivor, author of 100-plus books. His website is patwilliams.com. And, of course... The latest book is The Success Intersection, What Happens When Your Talent Meets Your Passion. Short break. When we come back, it's Meanwhile, back in the farm with my dad, Grant Marshall. Stay with us.